You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy fall camp, everybody. We have made it. The Utes are reconvening on the field today, and we have our preview edition ahead on today's podcast. Brian, where are we going to talk about, or what are we going to talk about ahead on today's show? I think we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, and none of it may mean anything in a month. That's the beauty of fall camp. So we're going to go through a couple things and and, and lay out the expectations for uh, fall camp and talk about some of the storylines, uh, and then we'll probably figure out who it is that's going to emerge uh, that nobody knows because that's what we do here at Locked On Youths. We peer into the future and reveal all the big things to everyone. Reveal our truth, right? Because we don't know if That's it's right. actually the truth. But nonetheless, we will attempt to do it all the way around. Uh, by the way, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Brian is an occasional co-host on that show. Cindy Robinson does a bang-up job covering everything inside the Pac-12. So if you want a more broad perspective on the conference that the Utes call home, check out Locked On Pac-12 wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get into this. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 4th, 2021. Welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast, your daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah athletics. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to join us here. Brian is my fearless co-host, Brian Brown, the brown bear in the chair himself. Brian, how are you, sir? Hanging in there, Jake. Started out the season on the IL, but we're fighting through it. And it's it's all about fall camp right now. That's all that matters. We're we're gonna get to uh, gonna get to the season. And this is just another one of those benchmarks, baby. Yeah, we're, we're getting closer and closer. But, yes, you did start the season on the IL. How is that hamstring treating you? Listen, I guess my mistake was mopping in the first place, which, you know, I should have known better. You should never, ever mop. Uh, just period, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, no, we're, we're nursing it through, and, and we're going to fight through it just like these kids are going to be out here fighting through uh, whatever it is that they're dealing with to get on the field. Absolutely. But fall camp is here, and Brian and I, I think we speak for the rest of you listening to this podcast. I don't think many people are more excited for a day like today than it finally just being here. It's been a long summer, obviously. It's been a long 200-plus days since the previous season, uh, 2020 season, concluded. But it's good to have the Utes back out there on the field. Brian and I are going to be at uh, Utah Football Media Availability this evening up there at the Eccles Football Complex. Looking forward to having some interviews. Uh, we'll be sure to bring you everything that we learn, highlights, tidbits, sound bites, all that stuff. We'll have it all covered for you guys, so make sure to join us tomorrow. But, Brian, let's start off today's show, kind of funny enough, talking about what to expect coming out of day one of Camp Kyle. And that's the always interesting part about it, is how much are you really going to get? We know that media is not allowed to actually view anything with practice. We know that they aren't going to be full go. So how open is Kyle Whittingham? Now, in years past, he's been very tight-lipped. But what are the messages that he's going to be sending from day one? Because I think that's something that Kyle has really 
gotten very uh, adept at. So, he's become a lot, I don't want to say more talkative, but he's not afraid to send messages, right? Yeah, well, and that's the thing about it is uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit for people. And this is a guy, I, I've worked in the media game for over a decade at this point in my career. So I, I've been around the block a little bit. One thing I learned about midway through my tenure as a media member is that coaches, when they speak to the media, Brian, they're not speaking to the media in general. They are speaking to their team via the media because they know that these young men are going to read or listen to whatever is said. And they're sending a message to those players via the comments they make to the media. No matter what the question might be about the media, the message is being delivered to those players. So listen, uh, when you listen to Kyle Whittingham or any of his other assistant coaches, and it sounds like something maybe like, that didn't really match up with the, an- the question. Well, there's an ulterior motive to what's going on. I think it's one reason why I always loved Dirk Facer because he would ask the most simple questions because he knew that so well. He covered Utah athletics for so long and uh it'll be you know as as someone who goes up there in the scrums i'll be curious to see who asked the very first question that's always an interesting and appealing part of it to me um but it'll be i'm curious to hear what kyle has to say because i don't really have a good uh beat or good line on what it is that he's going to try and get across is is he going to talk about Charlie Brewer a lot as, as the guy and just how the expectation is for him to roll through camp? Or is he going to try and gas up Cam Rising and see if Cam can really give Charlie a run for his money? I'm almost sure that he's going to prop up his offensive line. That'll be a big part of it. How is he going to phrase things to the running backs? Are we going to hear Makai Bernard's name called out from the get-go as the guy that they expect to become the leader? Is there somebody who actually emerges for that? So, That'll be one thing to always look at when it comes to fall camp. The other thing is you're going to hear a ton of superlatives, right? Like <laughs> this guy gained this many pounds. That guy lost that many pounds. We're going to hear who was the uh, the the player run practice all star and and all those kinds of things. So that'll be fascinating. Do you uh, do you think that there are any coaches that will speak tomorrow that maybe we won't expect to hear from? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. Um, well, okay, the schedule is out. They've announced how the, the coaches are going to come out. They're going to do what they typically do. They usually offer up. Traditionally, it's been one assistant coach. Uh, Kyle Whittingham always speaks essentially every media availability. This year, though, I believe it's two or three assistants will speak during every media availability session. The other good part is, is the access. Yes, we're not going to be able to watch the practice, but they're allowing full access to players. Uh, some days are offensive players. Other days are defensive players. And there's no limit in terms of who you want to talk to. We're able to put our requests in for players and coaches. So if you guys have people you'd like to hear, from send us a tweet at locked on utes or email us locked on utes at gmail.com and we will do our absolute best to get those coaches and those players on with us here on the podcast and ask your questions that's what i love about this format is that we can kind of just kind of have some fun ask the questions that need to be asked but we also are not beholden to sitting there talking for 20 minutes. We can be in and out, ask a few questions, and let that coach or player get on with their day. That's what I like about this, Brian, is we have that flexibility to do what we have to do. So the coaches, yes, uh, there's not necessarily going to be a surprise, I don't think. Maybe they say something surprising, but we already kind of know the format of how things are going to go with these interviews. 
We do, we do, and the kids are going to be well coached. The, uh, oh, yeah. the SIDs up at the U, Jordy Hansen and um, Paul Kirk do a great job. And and you know, I think the the other interesting topic. I'm curious to hear how many guys have something to promote. That's one that I'll I'll throw out there with the NIL changes. Yeah, Brian, that'll be very interesting. I, I'm waiting for the first, I guess, unabashed uh, plug for a product, a service that some player has signed a name, image, and likeness deal for. And they're like, hey, check out XYZ over here. And it's obviously going to be a shameless plug because they benefit from it financially. Yeah, and, and I think that's going to be something that we're all going to have to get used to is asking a question, having it hijacked by, yeah, let me thank my sponsor, Little Caesars, first and foremost, for making the extra most bestest pizza or whatever it is that they're throwing out there to promote. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with that. I think uh, overall, it's just going to be so good to get back in person and talk to these guys because I think we both – can, can vouch for the fact that getting to talk to them, seeing them in person, it makes such a huge difference. It does. Uh, in person versus what we've had to deal with over the past 18 months or so on Zoom, there's no substitute for the in-person experience. There's no doubt about that. But we're going to talk more about some overall storylines that we're looking forward to playing out over the next month during training camp for the Utes. We'll dig into those here momentarily, but let's take a minute, Brian, and talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Uh, Brian, you mentioned uh, previously on some of these podcasts, you've been looking into kind of betting on the Olympics, and you said you hadn't had that great of an experience. Well, I decided, you know what, if Brian's giving this a shot, I need to give it a shot. And I got to say, betting on Olympic sports that I don't watch essentially every day outside of like, because Olympic sports, honestly, they come around every four years and I pay attention to them. Man, trying to wager on those, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. I have not done so well. Yeah, you really got to kind of pace yourself in terms of, I don't want to go too big into this one, especially because I think I might know handball, but guess what? I really don't know handball. Handball is probably not the one that you want to go all in on. But that's the cool part about what Bet Online has is they have so many different options. They have so many different varieties of bets. You can do parlays. You can do prop bets. You can do uh, favorites. You can just go whatever it is that you want to do. And, and the best part about it now, Jake, is we're getting into our wheelhouse with football coming up. Uh, and, and, and it's more than just futures too. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So that's the fun part about it. And our friends at Bet Online want to have you guys be a part of the action. Literally, you can go to their website now, betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. Also, while you're there, take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus they're offering to all of our listeners. You heard that right, 50-5-0. Whatever you deposit the first time, 50% of it will be added as free money to bet with on their website. So take advantage of that offer now. That's betonline.ag as they are your online sportsbook experts. This fall camp preview edition of Locked On Utes rolls on now. And Brian, we've talked about what to expect from day one, from what we'll get this evening that we will obviously recap on tomorrow's podcast. But let's take a little more of a broader view, the 30,000-foot view of what to expect for the next month or so. You wrote a really cool article for UteZone.com. Of course, you are a writer over there at that fine website. And by the way, if anybody's listening to this podcast and does not already subscribe to UteZone, uh, I'm going to just call you to repentance right now and tell you to get on it first off. But you did a really cool article talking about some of the major storylines we'll be tracking over the next month or so. So let's let's take a minute and talk about some of those storylines. Where do you want to go first? I think let's start in the very good, uh, very beginning, which is always a good place to start. Um, well done. The, uh, 
We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but who the next mayor of Sac Lake City is going to be. But in a more broader sense, what are we going to get from this defensive line? Because they've been sort of the forgotten position group. We talk so much about how they're so reliable and everything like that. And and we, uh, you know, we're, we're conspicuously silent about them lately, I think. Too much so. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you on that. I, I just look at this unit and... While there is a lot of talent there, I'm thinking of guys like Hawati Pututau, Devin Kafusi, Vianne Mawala on the interior, Mika Tafua on the exterior, Maxis Tupai, uh, who else am I forgetting, Van Fillinger on the edge. There's a lot of talent there, Brian, but they need to go out and show what they can do. And I think that it may be mid-season, potentially, before we really know who the lead dog is. I think Mika Tafu is probably going to be the guy that most people assume will be the alpha of this group, but it bears watching to see who emerges along that defensive front. We talk so often about the edge players and how important they are to the system, but the defensive tackles are every bit as much important. Is Junior Tofuna going to be a breakthrough player and, yeah. and start to get reps at the defensive tackle position? He's up to 290 pounds. You know, uh, Mika, uh, Mika Tofua has been the name, but who starts opposite of him? You know, you mentioned Max Tupai, who got left off the roster. Will we get some clarification about his status from Kyle Whittingham officially? Who knows? Uh, but there's just so many questions around there. However, the 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 predecessors at that position have been so effective and so efficient. It leads us to believe that it's not going to be a problem. There's still a storyline to talk about there, right? Yeah. Is Devin Kafusi going to be a defensive tackle? Is he going to play some defensive end? How often do they go with three down or, or have somebody as a stand-up with the versatility that Devin Lloyd has? Now that you have some depth at the linebacker position and can move him around, are you more likely to use him as a rusher instead of just uh, having him roam the middle and, and, and be part of their zone? Or, you know, does the linebacker depth behind him make you want to put him out there on the edge a little bit more? Uh, Xavier Carlton, Van Fillinger, we mentioned last last year, young guys didn't get a real opportunity to dip their toes into the water too much. What are we going to see from them? You know, we know that Carlton has an extremely long frame. We know that Fillinger is incredibly powerful with a lot of explosion. How do you use him most effectively? So it's going to be a, a really interesting question, I think, for uh, a group that we maybe don't talk about nearly as much. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be an interesting conversation there, considering how good of a unit it has been traditionally for many, many years. All right, what other topics should we discuss here, Brian? Your article had a lot of different uh, storylines to pay attention to, so where else do you want to hit on today's show? Well, I think another one that's really kind of out there in the cosmos is who's going to emerge on the wider at the wide receiver position as the go-to guy. And there's a lot of candidates that we've discussed over the course of the summer, but there is there one that really steps up to the top of the leaderboard from that group. I don't think that Britton Covey is a lead dog. I, I think he is best as a change of pace guy, uh, you know, a, a, an underneath guy, a guy where you can get him the ball and get him in space a little bit, but he's not going to lead the team in terms of being an outside receiver or being an outside threat. So who steps up to take that position? There's a lot of options. Do you have a favorite, Jake? See, that's an interesting one. I would like to say a guy like Theo Howard uh, could come in and be that guy, but we're talking about a guy who's coming off an Achilles injury. So you, you, 
trying to rely on him is probably a tough uh, decision there. Uh, I do like Solomon Enos a little bit. Uh, I do think that he has some qualities that probably could transform him into that quote-unquote lead guy. But, man, that's a... That's a tough one to kind of nail down here. I, I I would like to say, okay, that's the guy, but I'm kind of with you. It's kind of hard to make a read on that. It really is, and and we've heard the same thing about Solomon Enos for the last few years, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is a special player. He has a lot of potential to be great, um, but is this the year that he actually emerges, and how much will having a capable quarterback behind the offensive line help him? Because I think he's the kind of guy that really does need to – uh, get out there and, and get uh, get attention from his quarterback, right? Like yeah. uh, he needs somebody. Go Keyshawn on him. <laughs> Give me the dang ball. Um, it, you know. So I think that's an interesting aspect of it. We've heard a lot about Devon Vale. I thought it was interesting in the in the interview that we posted that Britton Covey talked about Devon and how he's kind of a quieter guy. Uh, he doesn't really like the attention and he gets nervous before games. You know, that kind of performance anxiety is is surprising to us because we think all these guys are just built like robots and they never get nervous about things like that. And so will him having some more time under his belt, will that help him to emerge as an actual player during games uh, alone from separate from just what he does in practices? Yeah, no, that that's the interesting thing about all this is it's just it's very it's very intriguing to uh track all of this and we will be tracking it obviously but the conversations we're going to have the, the the only problem with trying to determine what is happening is the fact that we don't have the availability to actually watch practice any part of practice with our own eyes so that'll be a little tougher to kind of gauge things but hey we'll be doing our best to read between the lines and hopefully glean some information off of different players and coaches during the process to get a better idea for sure, and that's always the hope is that you can have enough open conversation and enough, uh, I guess, hints and subtleties from being in person. I, I think it's so much easier to get a read on things when you're talking to them in person as opposed to a Zoom. And I think DJ has been one that, that has been on the same page as us where it's been really hard because you're one of those guys who can go to practice and talk to them. And mm-hmm. maybe you say something here and there before or after a scrum to get a little tidbit of information. The other thing too is, is just watching the body language at practice is a big deal. And I'm really curious to see, you know, who it is that's hanging out together in the linebacker group, right? Like we know that Devin Lloyd is the lead dog there. We know that he's, he's a leader. He's a guy that's really trying to get his, his other guys coached up. So who are the guys that are going to be sticking close to Dennis or uh, Devin Dennis? Um, you know, obviously Nephi Sewell has locked down a, a starting position there. Mm-hmm. So another position group that we're looking at, who's going to fill in the depth behind them? Well, I, I think there's no shortage of candidates there. There's honestly the Calvert brothers. There's just you, you, there's no shortage of guys who will give, be given that opportunity. But the nice part is you have an established core right there, established pair of starters, I guess I should say, in both Lloyd and Sewell. The nice part is you're going to have a lot of guys who are going to be chomping at the bit to push them for playing time. Yeah, and there's a lot of good young players that have come in. You mentioned the Calvert brothers, obviously. Ethan Calvert, the prize recruit. Josh Calvert, the transfer. Both of them. It'll be fascinating to see what Josh can actually do once he's out on the field. He's a guy that struggled struggled with injury. Ethan, the highest rated Calvert, uh, if I'm not mistaken, don't take my word on that one off the top of my head, but 
uh, the highest rated recruit that Utah has gotten at linebacker for sure. Mm -hmm. But then you add Mason Tufanga to the mix, Andrew Mataafa, who's been there for a while. Where is he at? How much weight has he gained? That's always been his biggest problem, that and staying healthy. Will he have an impact finally on this program after so many years of, of being thought so highly? And, and how does Utah use them all? There's a lot of interesting conversations to have with that. And how does that all relate to the safety position, being that Nephi Sewell is so versatile? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, so plenty of storylines. And we I think we just barely scratched the surface, honestly, Brian, of your article. So if folks have not read it, please get over to utezone.com. Uh, please consider subscribing. I think it is fantastic content. And, yeah, like I mentioned, there are plenty more topics we could hit on from that vein. But we'll talk more about them throughout fall camp because these are kind of the long-range stuff. This is what we're expecting to play out over the next month or so. And in some cases, it may even extend into the season. And we'll be tracking that along the way and bringing you the latest when it comes to everything going on with the Utes. But coming up here in just a moment, Brian, we threw out a, quest a question excuse me, on Twitter asking folks to essentially call their shot for the month ahead in fall camp. We'll get to those responses. We'll also make our call for a guy that we may th that we both believe may be a guy who stands out or just kind of emerges during fall camp. We'll get to all of that in just a second. First, though, let's take a minute and talk about a company that Brian and I both absolutely adore, and that is Built Bar because, truly, they are the best-tasting protein bars that we have ever had. Am I speaking too boldly for you there, Brian? Not at all, Jake. If you give me an orange bill bar, there's a, a lot of things on this planet that I will do for you in exchange for that. And that's not even one of the special flavors. It's not even my favorite, right? Yeah. But that's the best part about Bill Bar is that it's it's a great option depending on what it is that you're looking for. If you're looking for a substitute for those sweet, tasty treats, if you're looking for uh you know, a, a little bit of extra protein to your diet. If you're looking for a, a meal bridge, it fits in all those categories. It hits those good macros, right? 180, yeah. less than 180 calories, less than five grams of sugar, up to 18 grams of protein, depending on the flavor. And it's got that consistency that, you know, it, it's very different for most protein bars. I think that's what catches most people off guard is that it's got a little bit less of a hard chewiness to it and a little bit more of a nougaty chewiness to it, which I love. Yeah, you, you, you know that on the head. They're absolutely delicious, but they're also incredibly healthy for you guys. So get to Built.com right now. You can place your order there. They've got all kinds of different flavors, both nut and non-nut flavors. If you like fruit flavors, they got those for you as well. They legitimately taste like a candy bar. I cannot express that enough to you guys. But go to Built.com, and while you're there, please use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order. Save some money. Get enjoy the best tasting protein bars and do it with Built Bar. Before we go here on this preview edition of Fall Camp for the University of Utah, we're letting you, the listeners, have your call. Uh, we threw it out on social media yesterday, Brian, essentially asking for folks to call their shot for the upcoming Fall Camp. Uh, just say. Is there a player that you feel like is going to break out and really become a star? And people had their responses, so I'm going to let you pick where we go first. Which response, which player should we acknowledge first here? Well, I think there was a pretty good one, um, excuse me, from our, uh, our, our good friend Jordan Gomez on here who said uh, on offense, Sautoa Laumea uh, and Thomas on defense, Kamoi Latu and Devin Kafusi. So a couple okay. different players there. 
Um, Thomas obviously referring to Tavion Thomas, who I think is probably one of those names that unless you listen to every single episode of the Locked on Utes, which obviously we hope you have, but uh, you're going to not recognize him, right? Like he's been the guy that's coming under the radar. And that's why we try to do this as often as we do and talk about as much as we do so that you, when you hear that name, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. He's the Juco bounce back who started at Cincinnati, had all the high, uh, high program offers, ended up at Cincinnati. Uh, because of some things, and then left Cincinnati to go to JUCO, and now is at Utah. 6'3", 230, built like Derrick Henry, moves like uh, – I don't I don't even know how to describe how he moves because he's incredible, but uh, interesting names there from our good friend Jordan Gomez. Yeah, I, I am intrigued by Sato Olaumea. I really think he's kind of an X factor for this offensive line. He was named, if I'm not mistaken, honorable mention Pac-12 uh, going into the season, but – I still feel like people don't even know his name, honestly. I may be wrong in that. Am I, am I wrong, Brian? I don't think so because last year was such a strange year in terms of everything that was going on, and it didn't really register with a lot of people that he was doing well. The other thing, too, is that we have to separate how we talk about the offensive line, right? Because the issue with the offensive line has been edge defenders getting around the outside and 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 stunts and, and, and blitzes. For the most part, they've done pretty well at everything else, and at run blocking, they excel. What I'm really interested to see with Saltella this year, how often do we get him out and get him moving? Because he's an absolute road raider in the run game with he and Nick Ford. So are we going to get them and get them pulling a lot more and get a lot more action in the backfield? Are we going to see a lot more GT counter, which is the uh, the counter where you actually have the quarterback who pulls and reads? Mm-hmm. Another aspect that we can talk about, how much is Charlie Brewer going to run the ball? There's so much, so much room for conversation. There's so much room for action. Activities, Jake. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So, a couple other names coming here because we're running out of time on today's show. Uh, includes, we had Sata Oalaumea mentioned also by Lurchito Ute. Uh, very good point made by him saying that, and thus it was said, he shall eat the lunch of those who stand against him. So, well done, Lurchito Ute, with that acknowledgement. Another thing that popped up, Theo Howard. Uh, this coming in from Ham on Rye as well as McKay. Uh, saying that Theo Howard is a guy they're keeping an eye on. I would think that's actually a fairly decent pick. Uh, like I mentioned, he's already coming off an Achilles injury, but if he's fully healthy, there's no reason to think that he can't contribute. No, there's not. And, and it'll be exciting to see really what, you know, we're repeating kind of the same storylines. Oh, it's going to be exciting to see this, exciting <laughs> to see that. Um, but this is the bottom line. We really haven't seen much of any of these guys, especially welcome, the transfers. Welcome to day one of fall camp. Everything's exciting and new. Yep, yep. And and that's how it should be. But I think, really, we're not going to get any answers to any of this for another couple weeks. However, this is the game, right? Like, we're hunting for those tidbits. We're listening for those little things, those thoughts that kind of come out of nowhere. And I think with the players, it's especially fun to hear what they had to say because they're around each other all the time, way more than the coaches are around the players. Yep, a couple other names coming in here. Uh, Peace, Love, and Ute saying that Covey mentioned Devon Veli at Media Day. He said that his pick is Cole Bishop, six foot two, 205-pound safety. He really likes the potential there. Staying in the defensive secondary at Corey underscore Cheech, he's saying Mr. Phillips the third, as well as the running back, what he's calling the squadron, all six of them. So... Some good picks here, folks. I really think that there are some major opportunities. But, Brian, let's make our call. I'm going to let you go first. Who is the player you are picking as your, I guess, quote-unquote, breakout star of fall camp? 
Makai Bernard. I've been riding with him since day one. I've loved his tape since the days back at Gar. Uh, love what he's been able to do. He is still incredibly young, despite the fact that he is now, I believe, a redshirt sophomore. Uh, I think only 18 or 19. Uh, but he is one that I'm super excited to see, and I really do hope that he establishes himself. And as as mentioned, there is a squadron of running backs because we have six candidates when you count Ricky Parks and Charlie Vincent, who have all gotten uh, a, you know conversation and whatnot. But uh, Makai Bernard is the one that I expect to really emerge and establish himself as as the guy. Okay, am I going to be booed off the stage if I say Charlie Brewer? I don't know, Jake. This is a very a very fiery debate right now. You have Team Thick Boy with with Cam Rising, and and listen, I love Cam Rising. I think he's great, but I have been trying to preach the fact that it's not me making the decision. It's Kyle Whittingham and Andy Ludwig, and I think they're also in the same camp as you with Charlie Brewer. Yeah, I just I feel like he's going to be the guy. I and like I said, it's nothing against Cam Rising. I'm with you because the, the what he showed in that brief glimpse we saw him of him last season was super tantalizing. I just don't see them telling Charlie Brewer, "Hey, come here. We want you to be the guy," and then just yanking the chair out from underneath him. I could be wrong, and if Cam Rising proves that he is the guy once again, you go with the best guy. There's no doubt about that. But Charlie Brewer is my pick. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm with you step for step on that one. I I think uh, it, I think even Cam Rising has an idea of how good Charlie Brewer is, mm-hmm. but Cam Rising has never shied away from a fight. He loves the competition. He's said that multiple times. And I will say this, Cam Rising is absolutely beloved by his teammates. That is a guy that I think uh, I, there's not heart and soul to the Utah program outside of Kyle Whittingham. Like, he is it. But if there was a player on that team that had as big an impact, I think Cam Rising comes close to it. Oh, well, Brett, Britton Covey. Oh, Britton, yeah, sure. Britton obviously is going to be in there. He's only been there for a decade, so. <laughs> And he may be there for a decade more, honestly. But Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it. Brian and I, as I mentioned, will be up at Utah Football Availability this evening. We'll probably try and do a live show actually from uh, the Eccles Football Complex. We've got gear to do this remotely, so we'll do an episode. We'll have it up for you guys, ready for tomorrow. All of the sights and sounds, the news and notes you guys need to know from day one of Camp Kyle. We'll have it all covered for you guys. In the meantime, please follow the show on social media. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnUtes. Brian is at BrownBearSLC. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys and interacting with you. And also, reach out via email if you'd like to as well. The email address LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. Brian, any final thoughts or shots from you? Here, baby. I'm excited. I need this. I need it, Jake. I need it. Well, it's here, and let's go have some fun. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for August 4th, 2021.